When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. If you sign up to the Safcast on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the Safcast, you'll receive early access episodes and bonus podcasts. Thanks. So we're back here in the Safcast and here with David Mullen and Brennan McTaggart, who were witnessing Antrim sealing their first Joe McDonough Cup at the weekend there. Uh, lads, how's it going with you? Very well. Good very best, Connor. Yeah, had worse days, haven't we? Yeah. yeah, very true, very true. Uh, David, maybe kick off with you. Mm-hmm. Antrim obviously sealed the Joe McDonough Cup at the weekend. Um, I think if we're looking at it, it probably was deserved over the course of the, the game, but they didn't really have it all their own way, and did they? No, definitely not. <clears throat> um, I suppose Kerry really did their homework, didn't it? Um, flooded their defence, just didn't allow them to kind of space they've had in other games. You can see Kerry's game plan was just to deny them goals. That was the big thing. They did that, but I suppose they put so many in defence, they kind of let themselves short up up front, and Andrew still just managed to get just get the scores needed. Um, I think I did a thing before. Andrew may average 33 points. In his game in the McDonough Cup, yesterday was 22, so it was a fair bit short, but at the back, they were, they were immense, you know. Yeah, it's true, yeah. Brendan, for you then, like, looking at that there, Kerry coming up against Antrim for the fourth time. I was speaking to Donald Nugent, he said, that, you know, Kerry played the same way for three games in a row against them, so they were always going to have to change it up, and they did yesterday. Well, that's it. They had to do something different. You know, what was it they say about the sign of madness is doing the same thing over and expecting different results. Um, They definitely had to do something. Um, They did that. They dropped definitely one man back. Um, There was a fourth man in the fallback line at all all times. Um, Stages, there was even a second sweeper back there. Um, Their tactics were were negative. Uh, But as Dave kind of touched on there, that they had to do something, um, but Antrim just found a way, and I think that's 
was the, the main point from yesterday, you know, that the performance wasn't great, but Andrew McGeehan found a way to get over the line. Yeah, and Dave, actually, if you're looking at it, probably Antrim had a great opening quarter. And I, I, you could even look at the game and actually say that the water break both times for Antrim kind of killed their momentum a wee bit. Um, obviously, the way they started, you know, I think they were four points up. Yeah. And then after the water break, you know, Kerry just came back into it again. That's exactly, that's exactly right. Um, it was 6-2 at the first half water break. Um, Antrim were just kind of getting into their stride a bit at that stage. A couple of really good scores. Clarkey hit a couple. Um, Connor McCann with a brilliant point. Over his shoulder, um, Kerry looked really kind of devoid of ideas and attack, but they got that goal two minutes after the restart, and it just sort of flipped things on its head a bit. All of a sudden, Kerry grew into it. And the second half one as well, I think Andrew Mouth scored Kerry 6-1 to one in that third quarter. <clears throat> and Kerry didn't score for like 15 minutes in the second half. So um, again, I was just actually looking down when the during the second half water break, and the Kerry team were getting an absolute rollicking. They get to they're very, very fired up for that kind of that final push and clawed it back to three and then two a couple of times, but they just couldn't really get the scores, I suppose, they needed down to, to, to really make it completely nervy. No, so that, that carry goal, especially in the first half, it was such mm-hmm. a, a massive blow to Yandrum and all that at that point. You know, everything was almost going to plan. Um, just to concede that, um, it was. And react, they still reacted fairly well, you know, but the, uh, and they had the better of the first half. It was just, you know, the scoreline definitely didn't reflect what went on in that first 35 minutes. Yeah, and I think that was a surprising thing then after that start. Antrim probably couldn't believe it. They were going in at half time a point down, Brendan. Oh, that's it. So, uh, you know, the, the, the first half, they didn't play bad, so they didn't, you know, they played as well as would carry allowed them. Uh, they had to adapt to what Kerry brought to the table again. So they had um, the balls going on. You know, the delivery into the corners was there. Um, Connor McCann and uh, Clark, he was was first to nearly every ball that was going in. But whenever they gathered and went to turn, there was two Kerry men on them every time. They just weren't getting that space. So they weren't. Uh, so I'd, I chatted to the guys whenever I went down to Dublin. And not one of them would divulge what was said at half time. <laughs> so they went, but. Um, Whatever it was, that definitely worked because they came out and that that third quarter um, was just night and day. You know, it was more like the Antrim that we had seen at times um, against Westmeath, uh, against Carlo, and and even Kerry up in Corrigan Park. Um, they they just had so much desire, intensity, everything. They they just put their bodies in the line to to get the scores to get get going again. Yeah, and David, sticking with the first half, kind of, you know, whenever Antrim were going, you know, getting to that second quarter and they were going, they were going, eventually then they'd go in a point down, but their kind of start was so, so, such a fast start. Yeah, um, the first half, yeah, especially. I think Kerry had eight wides in the first half, and when they did have their bit of a spell off the goal, they maybe didn't capitalise on it too well, but um, yeah, it was, it was weird. I mean, even getting like a point up at half time, you were kind of thinking, how did that happen? But and of course the Mel McKenna shot that was millimeters, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. At the time, actually, just watching it in real time, I thought, no, that's that's definitely not cross. But then I saw, I think it was Mel McCoy. I think it was like sent me a photo, like a WhatsApp photo, and it, it was a lot closer than I actually thought it was going to be. When those things kind of happen. You start thinking, ah, oh, is it going to be one of these days? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> you know, we've, we've seen this all happen before, and um, just not getting that bit of a brick. But you know. As Brendan was saying, like at halftime, whatever was said, it, it certainly had the desired effect because 
things were so much more fluid. I think maybe bringing Kobe on as well halftime made a big yeah. difference because it's it sort of gave Kerry a bit more to think about. That, yeah. I, I think Kobe's performance, um, you know, that it goes to show uh, again the, the impact of the players coming off the bench. You know, um, Kobe coming off gave, gave him a, a wee bit of a lift there again, uh, and the right ball was going into him as well. You know, if you deliver the right ball into Kobe, you know, he, he's going to do damage like so. Yes, but yeah, not they had to make changes. <laughs> And the respect calls to me to be made, and like that, Darren hasn't uh, fallen short in making them all year, and he did it again yesterday. Yeah, and it wasn't even just um that he got either. You know, he won a couple of vital frees as well that just kind of took the sting out of Kerry's momentum really at that stage as well. Well, that's it. He brought something different to the attack, so he did. You know, that whenever he, if you've got a foot, an inside forward line of Connell Conan and Kieran Clark, you know, that's scared the life out of the majority of defences in Ireland. So, it would, you know, so, um, yeah, look, that's the right delivery going on there, and it's it, it worked. Yeah, no, and I think if you're looking at that there, and it, it did sort of show that, and, you know, when we were talking in the preview, the squad depth was something that we talked about there, Dave, as well, and it was kind of, those are kind of impact players that Antrim were able to bring in, and, you know, it keeps everyone at the top of their game, and if they're not performing, then there's lads that can come in to, you know, make the difference, and that showed there in the final. Oh, it absolutely did, and it wasn't just, it was the right changes, not just any changes, you know, everything was done for a reason, if Darren said in the and the build-up to it, you know, it's, it's horses for courses, really. So what the kind of needed was meant for physicality up front. They were able to bring Big Donal on. McManus was obviously a huge asset to bring into that team. Um, even Connor Johnson, he came on with yeah. five or six minutes to go. But any kind of balls went into Connor. The stock, I think, was a bit unlucky with the shot. It was the first one wave wide. Yeah. A bit of a looking hawk, I thought, you know. <laughs> but um, they all definitely had an impact. I mean, when Kerry would be getting a bit of a spell towards the end and... I think it's Finn McCassie made a massive clearance. They got a score out of it. The next ball in, Connor Johnson comes out in front and gathers it. And it sort of kind of broke up that bit of carry momentum. Anytime they look like they might have got a bit of a head of steam up, that made all the difference, you know. And it, it is, it's that strength, being able to bring people like that on that can do that job for you to really see you home. Yeah, and like Brendan, looking at Kerry's, you know, forward men in in the game there, like obviously all the talk is about Shane Conway, obviously for the, you know, for the performances he's put in, you know, but he was probably I say from play anyway. I think he only scored his first score from play in the 70th minute or something like that there, but it was more Mike Lillary and the other side was sort of causing Anton problems. Well, that's it. Um, they were reliant on Shane Conway and that bit of brilliance that he could bring to the table, um, but. To keep Shane Conway um, to just one point on and that common in the last minute of normal time, it was a superb effort by Andrew. But the, the whole defence w- was immense. Um, you know, Jared Walsh kept Shane Conway f- fairly quiet in the first half. I thought Jared was brilliant in the first half. Um, Kerry recognised that and they moved him uh, into the inside forward line where I think Phelan Duffin picked him up uh, and again, you know, if you're keeping a player of the calibre of Shane Conway just to a point um, from play, you're doing something right but uh, Dave's touched on it Kerry, you know, they didn't bring enough up front so they didn't um, they had Mikey Boyle who got the fortuitous goal um, but other than that there the ball wasn't enough going into him um, and even whenever they brought him out to the 40 um, he just wasn't involved enough 
Yeah, and Dave, that was sort of the theme really about Kerry. It was it was sort of those you know the men in the half forward line really that was picking off the scores for them um, more so than any kind of real. Like actually, if you're looking at it goal threat wise, there wasn't really many in the game. Obviously, we talked about Nell McKenna's effort whether it went over the line or not. But aside from that, it's hard to think of really many goal chances for either side too. So the defenses were kind of on top in that sense. They absolutely were, yeah. You mentioned Big O'Leary. He had two points, quite a duel himself and Joe Maskey, two big, big men, you know. Um, that was an intriguing. Just looking at the Kerry bench, they got three points from Subs, Callum Hardy, Podrick Boyle and Brendan O'Leary came in and got points. But yeah, inside foot forward line, Mikey Boyle with a goal, but I think it was really you know, the only time he touched the ball. Daniel Collins got a couple of points and Morris O'Connor was anonymous, really. Um, so yeah, the, more, the fact Morris O'Connor, sorry to interrupt you, Dave, but uh, Morris O'Connor, whenever he came off the bench up in Corrigan Park, you know that his, his pace was frightening. Uh, he just looked like, you know, that there's a guy that would, could do damage. But uh, I think Stephen Rooney might have picked him up, Dave. You might. He did, did yeah. You see that? And he Rooney did. was immense. You know that like a Connor is a very very good hurler, but uh, Rooney was immense. Didn't give him a sniff all game. No, Connor McCann actually he singled out Stephen um, at the end uh, post match, and you kind of know Stephen said he just had an absolutely immense shift and maybe. One of maybe the unsung heroes of yesterday. Yeah, yeah Stephen Rooney thought was brilliant. And like you mentioned about you know the backs in general for Antrim. But yeah, I thought he you know, put in a lot of clearances and he just swept up a lot of ball and just kind of took the pressure off too. Um, yeah. So I, th- I think it was something definitely just kind of, he kind of typified kind of what Antrim's approach was yesterday to their, to their defending. Um, Brendan, I don't know if this is a good time to bring up the fact that you picked out Nell McKenna as man of the match before <laughs> the, for the preview podcast. I don't yeah. know if he officially did he officially get it in the end, but I, I'm sure he was up there. I, I haven't heard, so I haven't yeah. heard um, who who officially got man of the match. Um, like we had a chat about this year actually. Um, you could uh-huh. there's any number of guys there, you know, Nat Nile obviously and especially in that third quarter. Yeah. Um, Nile was incredible. Um, but you know, um, you've got Stephen Rooney in, in the corner there, and you've got Owen Campbell who, uh, Darren Gleeson actually singled out. Um, after the game, whenever I was chatting to him, that what Owen, what Owen brought to the table yesterday was just, just exactly what Antrim needed. You know, he he was there in every ruck. He, he was coming out with Slither more times than not. Um, but you get guys that got there, you know, and the majority of yes, Clarkey was incredible again. Um, but you know, the contenders were coming from the defence yesterday. Um, yeah. Matt, Matt Donnelly, I have to say, um, yes, there was the error for the Kerry goal, um, but during that period where Antrim kept uh, Kerry to one point in 15, 15 or odd minutes, whatever it was, Matt Donnelly was incredible. The number of ball that he cleared himself, it just, and it didn't matter what kind of delivery was going on, um, it, he was there. And at one stage, he gathered the, cor- the ball over in the corner, just at the, the Hogan stand side, and it he picked it up and before he put it into his hand, he was so on round that they carried it forward and I was just shouting at the TV, Matty, get rid of it, get, get rid of it. But it was just, he was using confidence, you know, um, it, it was kind of typified um, what he'd done yesterday for Anton because he, he was absolutely incredible. 
Yeah, and, and I think it's it's kind of those times where you think about, and I say it's something we spoke about in the preview was about reacting to, Antrim reacting to setbacks in general. So you know we mentioned about um, if you're looking at the league the league final and all against Kerry, especially Dave, there's an example of, you know, whenever Kerry hit a goal, Antrim came straight back up the other end with another goal just to cancel it out. Now there were no goals yesterday, but I suppose it was those there kind of purple patches really that did it for Antrim as well in terms of how they reacted, and that's just that's just been a, a thing for for this team all year that's a, that's exactly it i think what do they call a third quarter of the championship quarter yeah it's a time really to take a grip and that's exactly what they did and um, scores did start to flow a lot better they looked like maybe just i'm sure there's a lot of nerves at play yesterday as well and chatting a few lads and you know they're saying it was just a game that had to win so maybe kind of the shackles came off a bit and they kind of kind of remembered who they were a small bit that they were able to kind of pile on those scores and, and really react in that third quarter because I suppose Kerry were going in at halftime, a point up, thinking, hang on here, this is here for us. So I was up the Antrim to find the answers, and, and they did so very, very well in that, in that third quarter. I think we're six points up, maybe with about 10 to go. Um, Kerry, of course, came back into it, but whenever Kerry got it back to three, Antrim again, we were able to pick off some scores at the other end and just really keep it ticking over. What about um, Antrim's style of play yesterday, just versus you know any other performance this year that probably, probably was, you know, in in terms of they've obviously had uh, probably better performances throughout the year but what about the, in terms of the way that Antrim actually set out to play Hurling yesterday and whenever they had to adapt to Kerry's tactics you know what did you notice about the way that they were playing um it, it was very kind of t- just a typical set out just a typical performance trying to work it through the lines break the lines at the pace um but Kerry's flooded defense made that really difficult and Kerry brought a lot of intensity too I mean James McNaughton a lot of times you think he gets a touch here he's away but he was just being crowded out and hounded out. So I suppose when they made the switches in 45 minutes with Neil and Dono coming on, they were able to go a bit more direct because the ball was starting to stick a bit more and having fellas peel off. And that was maybe a bit of a switch in an approach, I, I kind of found. Yeah, and Brendan, 45th, 45th minute, you know, when you had Donald Nugent and Neil McManus coming on. And I think uh, obviously Neil had great performance himself, you know, scoring scoring four points, which was vital at that time. But even if you think about the impact of Donald Nugent's, um, you know, winning the ball back to goal, popping it back out to the likes of Clark and that to put it over the bar, like just the kind of changing up the way Antrim were playing at that stage when the running game wasn't going for them. That's exactly it. You know, the, uh, we've touched on it. The changes were made and they were made at the right time as well. So they were, you know, um, Neil came on and it was his first score was wide in the right Cusick stand and, and you know, it was almost like a morale boosting score at that stage and I, I think Antrim were maybe even two or three up at that at, at that point but it, it came mm-hmm. from Niall McKenna again breaking the lines and, and Even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags and so much more Plus Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. 
In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Getting clear and, and picking the man out. It was almost like, it, yeah, this, this is what we're about, making the right decisions with ball in hand, because a lot of that wasn't happening in the first half. But, and you know, the changes from made, we started to get the scores, but we kept going. We just kept pushing as well. So, that you know, that you've got Neil coming in there and the ball going into Kobe and to, to Clarkie and feeding off Donald. Just that everything was clicking, especially in that third quarter. And I suppose, Dave, it's another example of kind of how Antrim has adapted this year and just, you know, changing up the kind of approach that they're taking. And I think I was reading, um, you know, Brenda, it might have actually been your article, actually, in the Saffron Gale, talking about, you know, the subs that have been used by Antrim and it's different boys making different impacts, you know, yeah. and across the squad. And you're, you're you're having boys who maybe didn't play the last day coming on there today, or sorry, in the final, and then they're they're making an impact there. And just it just shows you the kind of spread that they have of quality. Yeah, I think um, yesterday it became obvious pretty early that it was going to be a day for the hard for the hard yards, you know, so it was those type of players needed to be brought in to try and um, so was gather possession, keep it, and um, just have a bit more strength about them. So that that was the big, big thing. I think it was massive just having the, those lads to be able to bring into the team. And you say like that strength and depth, it was goals that were needed. You have, you have people there that can do that. It was just to try and get points steady, win more around the middle, were carrier quite strong. They were able to do that with McManus coming in. Yeah, yesterday was more dogged in comparison to other performances this year. Um, it wasn't fluent, you know, and <laughs> I promised myself I wouldn't mention Donald Luke's comments from <laughs> the Sunday <laughs> games. <laughs> but, you know, it's disappointing for for somebody like that to just to be uh, judging Andrew on one performance uh, because that they have played so much better this year. Um, but Kerry didn't allow Andrew to, to play so much better yesterday <laughs> so then you know uh, and Antrim just had to go into the trenches with them be more dogged and and they found a way yeah and I think look you know he's you know throws a comment I think it was about 30 seconds after the final whistle <laughs> like you know he was sort of saying that like and look yeah, if you watch that, you watch that final, like you know, and that's all you're basing it on. You would say, yeah, Antrim were able to dig in and that there, you know. But in comparison to the whole year, like, I mean, I doubt, I doubt he's been watching much of the, of the Joe McDonough this year. But actually, you would think there's a lot more to it than just that final yesterday. And what in terms of what Antrim can bring? Absolutely, and, and you know, in ten, 10 years' time, nobody will remember the performance. You know, they'll remember that Antrim won the Joe McDonough Cup in 2020, and that's what yesterday was all about. It is, yeah. I mean, you mentioned yourself, like, I mean, it's based on one performance and first time Antrim haven't scored a goal since way back in middle of January, I think, was a Wicklow game in the, in the league. So it's, it's, yeah, if you're judging that, I suppose you're going to say those things, but you really kind of have to look at it overall. And I suppose, as say again, the you know, finals were there to be won and a derby, which this kind of was as well. So was it ever going to be a thriller? Probably not. It was just one of those ones to to win, get it out of the way almost, because there's a lot of pressure going on to trying to win for fourth time against the same team, because you have the weight of expectation of being in a final, all that um, kind of weighing down on you too, and you're so heavily fancied that, you know, you're nearly carrying a better position coming in. 
yeah, it's a different type of challenge there. Like, you know, if they've been going into that final of playing Carlo, you know, it would be completely different. You know, the re- previous experience against Carlo this year was stealing, a, you know, a last-minute draw. Or if they had played Westmeath, it would have been they'd faced them once and they had hammered them. But they were facing Kerry, who, no matter winning three times this year, it was always going to be just a real, a real difficult team to get over, especially just with all the kind of baggage that came with that fixture. Okay, there was all right. You know, I was, I was at the game at Corrigan Park there last month and we're kind of standing inside and a fella said to me, you know, it's just written in the stars, isn't it? They're going to make Kerry in the final and Kerry's going to win the thing. <laughs> I was driving down yesterday and just had that in my head. I was like, oh, please, anything at all. I mean, if you'd offered me yesterday morning that, that the game was going to plan out as dead, I would have bitten your hand off for it. Um, of course, you would love like a nice silky performance and loads of goals and big scores, but it was just about winning and getting back into Leinster. That, that was the be all and end all. Yeah, and I say probably the type of win they got yesterday, Brendan, just kind of shows them that Antrim can take it to, you know, and it's probably a positive thing in the sense of, okay, it wasn't, you know, five goals like they got against Westmead, but actually it just shows that Antrim can sort of bring it to you anyway, and that's probably actually, you know, they, they'll not care today, like, you know, they've won and they've won the, they've won the, the cup and they're promoted, but actually when they probably look at it when they're preparing for next season, they'll think, actually, we're... By scoring five goals against Westmead, we were able to get the draw and dig in against Carlo. We were also able to dig in and beat Kerry whenever it counted in Croke Park as well. Well, that, that's it. You know, I think that they showed that they're not a one-trick pony. You know, that they've got a plan B and probably a plan C and D if, if they ever really needed it. Um, they grounded out. Um, they just I keep on saying it. They just found a way. So they did, and that just show probably shows a maturity within the squad that they could change and adapt whenever the situation arose what were they what were they so what were they saying then after the game i got chatting to donald nugent and look he was singing the praises of darren gleason what what's the sort of um feeling today maybe maybe they're not feeling too great but uh i suppose like you know one of one of pride as well i imagine oh absolutely well um i think they're feeling pretty good today because <laughs> down to case on park earlier on they were coming back to get a photo done and I can tell you the form was good <laughs> with the lads like so. Just absolutely thrilled, you know. Um, it's been it's been a very long year and a very testing one as well. And you know, twenty twenties maybe not not everybody's going to look back on this year with a lot of fondness. But Andrew's hurling year is one huge bright mark. And you know what what they've got to look forward to next year. Um, Division one. Leinster Championship, testing yourself against Kilkenny and Galway and Wexford and, and those teams, you know, and um, say, fellas, I look back this year and to see that the work they've put in and what they've got out of it, and I suppose that a lot of belief comes from that, that we're on the right road, things are moving in the right direction, we, we put the shoulder to the wheel, look what can happen. Yeah, uh, I was speaking to them uh, last night as well, Connor. it was, you know, especially Darren, uh, it was almost relief. So it was, you know, um, that that it was, they had achieved what they had set out to achieve, um, um, but there was definitely relief, but it was almost exhausting, you know, because it's been such a long season and everything that's been in it, you know, that like their first match of the 2020 campaign was 13 months ago. <laughs> so it was, yeah. you know, but, and yes, they had the, the break in between times, but there was a break from games. These guys didn't break. So they don't, you know, so it's just been constant. 
Yeah. I don't know. He looked pretty relieved anyway when he was dragging Donald Nugent to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was brilliant. I listened to the, the podcast that you had with Donald and they had to describe it. was like getting hit by Paul O'Connell. I did laugh. It was brilliant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If there was a man who could take it, it was him. Like, you know. <laughs> um, when 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 Shane Conway was stepping up to take that free at the end, uh, how were you feeling? <laughs> I, 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 and then I don't know when he when he put it between the posts. I suppose you, yeah. I suppose it it was a bit of a weird one there. I don't know don't know if he meant that. I, I, well, he seemed to go for the point. I mean, when it, it was what it was six minutes deep in stoppage time. There yeah. Five. There was a bit of a break in Clark. He got injured over on the far side of the field. I think the free that he ended up putting wide about twenty yards, just right at yeah. right sideline. So you knew there's going to be maybe another minute or so to go on it. And when Conway set that up, Kerry, the, the heavy artillery kind of went forward, big over there. Think he's going to lob this in, but he, he went for the point. I mean, there's no, he wasn't lobbing that thing. That was he intended to do that. It was direct. Was, he definitely did. I was, I was chatting to James McNaughton about this last night, actually. <laughs> And uh, he, he was standing fairly close, and he asked the referee how long to go, and yeah. uh, the referee said, you've got 30 seconds. And that that's what we were joking. You know, he definitely didn't miss it. He's definitely went for his point there, and he took his point, and the rest of the carry lads were shouting, you know, to, what are you doing, what are you doing? And he says, you've got 30 seconds, lads. And the referee, as he turned to to face play again he says you've got 25 now so yeah <laughs> now look it was bizarre so it was yeah. um, but he definitely should have been lobbing that one then so he should have but um, like, who am I to argue with <laughs> like Shane Conway I know especially when, especially whenever you know from, from our point of view he took the right decision <laughs> but well, yeah it was, was 100% <laughs> he took the right decision if you ask me yeah <laughs> I know it was. I know it was a weird one though, because definitely the pressure was on there, and you just knew the way that Kerry sort of came, kept coming back into it. You just felt like, oh, here we go. This is going to drop in, and you know we'd have that nervy moment. Yeah, I think it was quite similar. to think back to the league final of three in that game, and at the very end, Kerry were sort of chasing the goal, and they did lob a few in, but didn't really get any kind of change out of it. Maybe that played something in his head that maybe you know what we'll get a pucker, win it back, and and just have one more assault. And the thing, like I'm not too sure it was. It was such a bizarre decision. Yeah, sure. We'll we'll not argue with it anyway. Like, <laughs> so we'll not. But um, but yeah, it was. And, and I suppose, Brendan, you look back in the year now, and you mentioned that you know, thirteen months in the making this season. <laughs> like, really, I suppose looking for for Antrim and then chatting to Donal was um as well on the podcast. He is sort of saying, you know, the team the team group there that's there. You know, Darn's created almost a club atmosphere and kind of everyone wants to be involved. And by, you know, as far as he's concerned, you know, pretty much every the best hurlers in Antrim are involved with the county team this year. And you can really see that ethos. And I'm sure you've you've, you've seen it yourselves whenever you were chatting to them um in Dublin. Oh, without a doubt. You know, whenever you're down there, the, the it, it is like. Darren was chatting to the team and how he was speaking about um, his backroom team as well. That, that there's just a, a genuine bond there. So there is that that has, um, you know, it's, it's an un- unbreakable bond. It's, I know it's a cliche to say that type of thing, you know, but um, Donald's probably had the nail on the head to say that it, it does feel like a club atmosphere. Um, everybody has re- really bought into what uh, Darren and his backroom team have brought into. Uh, this year and uh, look and it was evident for those who were lucky enough to, to see um, that the, the the squad are 100% behind Darren and, and his backroom team you know Gary and, and Johnny and 
gym and, and and the rest like you know um they have they can't speak highly enough of them and and, and the management too of the of the squad you know that the, anything they've asked of them this year um the squad has delivered and i think anything that the players have, have asked or, or required this year um the management and, and the county board in fairness to them have, have stepped up and provided this year yeah, and, and Dave, and I suppose if you're looking across the the squad, like I think I was reading, there's ten clubs in all, um, yeah. in the in the in the team, and you know that's that's some spread of clubs there, and obviously all levels of senior, intermediate, and junior clubs. It's massive, really, isn't it? Um, quite a lot from the city too, which maybe hasn't had a huge representation over the years. Um, then I even think back to your club championships this year, um, six probably six clubs in Antrim will maybe kind of fancy themselves of. I've gone on and win it next year, and that's just a healthy thing because there's quality right throughout the county. You think not even ten years ago it was a complete straight shootout between Lockheed and Kirchendall, and they obviously made up the majority of the county panel. It's not the case anymore. There's there's a really really good spread, and it's, it shows probably what clubs are doing too, and um, that they're able to produce these players like Stevie Rooney playing junior hurling with uh, St Paul's this year, Niall McKenna intermediate, you know, and they're two massive players for Andrew yesterday, um, coming out of that so. Just show that that depth that maybe the county has overall, and not not just the county panel itself, but right right across the board. But I think I think that, that this could have a lot to do with the the work that um Darn and, and his management team have put in for this past you know to, um, thirteen months they've been playing matches, but it, it stretches before that. So it does you know the fact that the, they have seen that you know that there's more divisions in Antrim. You know you're going to get gems out there somewhere, and and they've done that. Yeah, because actually, if you're looking at it, you've you've players who are throughout it, and you've mentioned Stephen Rooney, obviously with St Paul's, and um, now McKenna, and you've Connor McCann, obviously Craig, and two captain in the team, and um, you know, think of other lads who are, who are throughout the squad too. You know, we're playing for intermediate and junior clubs, and it's and I suppose Brendan, you're looking at a competitive club championship is only a healthy thing, and it was something that was chatting to Mick McCann about in the football side of things. You know. You know, Cargan's won three in a row, but actually the Antrim Championship's probably more competitive than ever in football. And looking at looking at the Hurling Championship, especially this year with the semi-finals, always get mentioned. But actually before that, the round robin stage, sure, the, the groups could barely be separated, especially the the group that you know Dunloy, Ballycastle, St John's, and Ross were in. Yeah, it's pro- probably that group that has really damaged my blood pressure this year. So <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the the senior championship this year was. That was massive, and um, it was a superb advertisement for Andrew Hurling in general. Um, it's brilliant that that has um, transferred across onto the county setup. But I think the fact that the split season has been introduced, or you know, a silver lining from COVID was the fact that you know you will get the club and everybody devotes 100% of their time and commitment to the club, and then once that's over, 100% of time and commitment to the county. I think this year Andrew have the rewards of that. Yeah, Dave, for you, same, same similar idea. You think the split the split season is kind of the way to to go in it? Um, any player I've spoken to has always been has been in favour of it anyway. Absolutely, yeah. I, f- I think the split season's been a revelation, really, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, think back to the clubs. You remember that semi final day? The games were streamed. You couldn't obviously have the huge crowds in, but people are going right talking about Andrew Hurling right across the country, and that's sort of a feel good factor as as has carried on to the county team and those fellas are coming back from hugely competitive club games and um, battling out big time and then they're able to come into the county setup uh 
fully up to speed. Their sharpness is there. Their intensity levels are there. Everything that that really helps. Yeah, no, it's true. And look, I think if you're looking back in the season, there's no doubt it's been a successful one for the, for the hurlers. They kind of say what they need to do, and plenty to look forward to in 2021. Um, Division One hurling as, as well as Leinster Championship there to look forward to. So hopefully things can progress and can prove Donal wrong. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Well, I suppose we're going to get about about two weeks of downtime. I think it's Friday the GR making the the call on the on the setup for next year, but all signs seem to point that it's going to be the end of February for the National League. So so as a lads will enjoy Christmas and the new year, then they'll be kind of back down to work to begin the January and get ready for what are going to be huge tests. Um I think they're in Division One B in the in the hurling, which is basically the same as the Leinster Round Robin, except Claire replaced Galway. So some some massive some <laughs> massive, massive test ahead. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to welcoming a few of them teams up to Probably Corrigan, I imagine they'll be playing the home games then. So it'll be great to it'll be great to get that, and hopefully, you know, next year we can see a few more people at games as well. Supposed to get to get seeing them in the flesh. Um, Brendan, Dave, thanks very much for joining me to to recap the final. Um, and yeah, much appreciated your time, and hopefully we can, hopefully we can get chatting next season about some future Antrim successes. So thanks very much. Well, no, thanks, thanks, thank you very much. Pleasure.